This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So, whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Uh, Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Again, that is bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find more, but that is bwhustle.com slash join. Join Chase Thomas pod the Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back on Atlanta Sport Guy. Maybe question mark. I don't know how to rephrase this because. Oh yeah, we have Kelsey Sutton here. Uh, how about let's just do Atlanta Sports Guys and Gal. That is gal, what we're going to go yeah. with today. Do you, Kelsey, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well today. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. I'm just glad that we're we're getting through this uh, just monotonous uh, season mm-hmm. I, that I very much dis I, I just dis- dislike. It rains every day in Knoxville, and thankfully it's not uh, been doing that as we were talking about before. It's it's beautiful Midtown, beautiful uh, parts unknown where Kelsey is, and then myself up here in Knoxville. It's it's pretty great. So you gotta you gotta take it where you can. Um, Kelsey, tell the listeners, because Garrett and I and Max Markovich do this podcast every Friday, so they're familiar with us at this point, but uh, for you, give us your uh, Atlanta sports story. Give it, give us that. Oh my goodness, my, my love for them or my mm-hmm. hate for them? Uh, well, both. <laughs> well, those are implied. They go hand in hand. They're, yeah, they go hand in hand. Yeah, so, you know, my sport, my Atlanta sports fandom actually started with the Falcons. Um, football has always been something that I've loved um, my entire life. We were a football household growing up. Um, and so started with the Falcons and then honestly didn't really get too involved in Atlanta, Atlanta sports until 
high school era. Um, I played basketball growing up, so, you know, got heavily involved with the Hawks. And then, of course, the Braves. I live out um, now in the Smyrna area, so very close to um, – Oh, what what are they called now? Truist. I always I always start with Turner Field and then mm. go to SunTrust, and now we're at Truist. Um, so yeah, super close to Truist, and um, you know, live and breathe Atlanta sports. Honestly, I love all my teams, even though they cause me great amounts of pain. Um, but you know, it's it's the love hate relationship that I can't walk away from. So you know, glued to the TV, Hawks games, Braves games, Atlanta United, Falcons, whatever it might be, I'm, I'm all in on them. Well, I have a question for you, Kelsey. Yeah. Um, I'm going to need you to pronounce, I guess this isn't a question, this is a request. Can you pronounce football one more time? Football? Football. Okay, see, you oh, do no, the, I heard it too. You heard it too, Garrett, right? I, I, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> What, what, what did we hear? Oh, that little, it's the Southern twang. It's yes. the Southern twang. Yeah, I think football, that's what he's talking about. Football. Oh, yeah. You, you say <laughs> football as it's spelled F-O-O-T-B-A-W-L. That is the way you say football. Oh, football. Yes. Football. football. Yeah. It's I'm like just talking about it. It's football. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sorry. hilarious. Yeah, that is, uh, that's great. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Kelsey. We, uh, we're excited yeah. to uh, have you join us today. Um, Garrett, also here. Garrett, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic, Chase. It's a perfect day down here in Midtown. I am excited to go over to Piedmont Park in just a little bit and just walk around. You know, it's, it's just just a perfect day. You know, we probably ran past each other then at some point because I lived down the street from Piedmont Park for several several years before I moved up here for grad school. Um, I uh, Over there in Virginia Highlands. So that, I miss having that right down the street from my house. I really do. It was just mm-hmm. the perfect spot for years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I had a choice, I would move over to Virginia Highlands in a heartbeat. I'm over in West Midtown, but hopefully I'm moving over to East Midtown, hopefully this summer, I'm thinking. But okay. That's, that's the goal. That's okay. what I, I definitely want to move over there. It's a beautiful spot. It's just convenient to everything. Ponce is not too far. Midtown's not too far. Buckhead's not too far. It's easy access back on the interstate if you want to do that. Virginia Highlands is just uh, forever my favorite part of uh, Atlanta. Decatur's a close second. Decatur's a close second. The Highlands no, is my favorite area as well. Really? Okay. What oh, is your favorite yes. spot in the Highlands, Kelsey? Oh, we know the owners of Neighbors. Oh, yes. There a lot. Patio mm-hmm. weather. And then, you know, always love a good 10 high visit. The live karaoke. So. Okay. Those I'm not are... a karaoke guy. I will say that. Not oh. a karaoke guy at Ooh. all. Have you just been there for the atmosphere? I'm not an atmosphere person either. I'm, oh, I'm, my uh, goodness. What does that mean? Who's not an atmosphere guy? What does that even mean? <laughs> Wait, but you like sports? What is So, <laughs> I don't... In, okay, this is going to... Re- uh, I'm not the coolest person, I guess, I'm finding out here. Um, so, like, I'm going to the Tennessee baseball game this afternoon. Like, what I do when I watch sports is I have my notepad, so I have my journals I take with me, so I'm taking notes as I'm watching and, like, jotting stuff down of, like, oh, that's interesting, why are they doing that? Like, everything that I'm watching sports-related. And I don't like being in atmospheres where it's, like, crazy and I'm just, it's hard for me Mm -hmm. to think and it's hard for me to uh, keep up with what's going on. So, like, my living hell is, like, big parties that... um, uh, that the, it requires sports watching because I'm like I can't the two cannot be related for me I need like it's work for me I guess mm-hmm. so it's it's just different. See, see, I watch one as a fan, mm-hmm. so that's what I always do. If I if I'm like reporting on something or if I have to write, uh, then I always watch it once as a fan. 
because mm. I always want to get that fan's perspective because I am a fan. Mm-hmm. And then I have to rewatch it because then I have to watch it. Hey, all right, I got to start taking some notes and I've already reacted to everything. I know what's happening, but that's why I love going to Braves games and the, the Falcons games, Hawks games. I'd rather be there in person and just live in the moment there. I don't know. It's just my, it's just my cup of tea. Yeah. I love that stuff. No, y'all are the normal ones. Let me be clear. I am the <laughs> abnormal one here. Let me, uh, I, I cannot stress this enough. Like I was the person, uh, I think my senior year of college, I went out with some friends one time and I had brought the book of basketball with me. And they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, this might be awful. So I just want to bat. This is my backup plan. If I'm not enjoying uh, what's happening here. It was, I think we were at Tin Roof over there in uh, Brookhaven. But um, yeah, I was just like, no, if worst case scenario, there's like a fire pit over here. I'm just, uh, no, I'm just going to make my way over there. Uh, we'll see how y'all hand, like hang and uh, all it all works. And people that I did not really uh, get along with ended up showing up. So I was like, all right. I am going to head on over and I will be reading when y'all need me. So that is, that is me. All vibes. All vibes. <laughs> All vibes. All right. Well, um, speaking of vibes, these are bad vibes because, well, it depends on, I guess, your perspective. And Garrett was losing his mind, Kelsey, in our text thread with Max. Um, shout out to Max. Hope he's having fun in the links today. Um, Lloyd Pierce was fired. Uh, we were mm-hmm. wondering when this was going to happen. They gave me crap on this podcast for weeks that I had Lloyd Pierce as the first Eastern Conference coach fired, mm-hmm. that I thought that it was just an untenable situation. I, I felt bad. Like the Jeff Schultz column was just really strange and really sad where it just felt like he knew it was coming. And the road mm-hmm. trip and just where the team was playing wasn't great. And then I I don't I want to get y'all's perspective on what Trey was wearing in response with the hat and everything and obviously that relationship wasn't great but it finally comes under and the fact that they hired Nate McMillan to this staff um, was the one of the biggest indicators to me that like they're preparing um, for Lloyd Pierce not to make it through mm-hmm. the season you don't bring in Nate McMillan uh, unless you're mm-hmm. pretty certain that uh, there's a chance that he is going to be coaching at some point so I just thought it was going to happen at some point because the expectations were just too high they were too high for the kind of offseason the Hawks had the layoff they've had um, injuries could happen DeAndre Hunter getting injured is really what I think cost Lloyd mm-hmm. Pierce's job I don't think this happens if DeAndre Hunter uh, doesn't get hurt but it all happened. Lloyd Pierce is gone. It's just sad because it seems like most people love who he was off the court, and it's also the timing is just terrible. Like I think his daughter, he was he the the, the yeah. his second daughter just had a baby. Yeah, like just having like two weeks prior just had a baby. Um, yeah, just just awful. Um, but the on the court stuff, like he knew this was a business, and he said he wanted to be the next Greg Popovich, but it's just not reality for most coaches, and. Um, I don't think he'll be out of a job for long. Um, he'll get on with somebody else next year if he wants it. But um, it's a uh, sad state. Kelsey, what uh, what do you make of Lloyd Pierce getting fired by the Hawks? And uh, do you think it was deserved? Um, yeah, you know, to all your points, I, I agree with all of them. I think, I think Lloyd came in. It was almost destined to fail at that point um, because the pieces weren't in place. He had a lot to do. Um, and in my opinion, I, I think it was deserved. Um, you know, had to deal with injuries, which isn't the coach's fault. Um, but I think my opinion of Lloyd Pierce's firing was really solidified, you know, since the firing. When you see how the Hawks team has done on the court, um, in those fourth quarter situations, I, it's hard to look at that and say, 
oh, you know, I, I think Lloyd could have done that if he had a little more time or whatever it might have been. Um, you know, I I just think it was warranted. He he's it, His situation reminded me a lot of Dan Quinn, you know, great guy for the city, did a lot, just not the best coaching candidate for us at this time. Um, so I wish him well. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to be down and out for long. Um, but I'm excited to see, you know, what, what Nate can do moving forward. What do you think, Garrett? Well, I mean, did you guys see the Chris Kirshner, the article from Kirshner? Yes. Uh, because mm-hmm. that, that was quite possibly one of the most damning things I've read. I mean, I think we speculated a couple weeks ago. Uh, Trey Young made some comments that we could have construed as to say, hey, I don't support this coaching staff. And now we find out mm-hmm. that, well, that relationship was exceptionally toxic. I mean, they hated each other. They, they couldn't stand each other. And it, it, that just became very apparent. And, I mean, but you can point to any number of reasons why Lloyd Pierce's firing was deserved. I mean, you can look at the 11 blown fourth-quarter leads just this season. You can look at the fact that we've lost to uh, the, it's a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers who were on 10-game losing streak. I mean, injuries, yeah, yeah, fine. Everyone gets hurt. Every team gets injured. But you still have to put results on the court. And I don't think he was putting his players in position to succeed. He was coming in. He was doing terrible out of timeouts. Um, and he wouldn't call good timeouts. He would make good, bad challenges. Uh, he made comments where he basically, a, a year ago, or two years ago, he said he wasn't going to call plays for John Collins. And John Collins said, well, that's screwed up. And then he called John Collins out for it. And uh, he just lost the locker room. The players didn't support him. Uh, there was an interview just last year that said, hey, if, who, what coach would you not want to play for? It was an anonymous player survey. And one of the Hawks players said, can I say my own coach? That's bad. That's very mm-hmm. bad. And he brought all of these expectations on himself. Uh, back in March of last year, he said, when, when the Hawks weren't invited to the bubble over the summer, he says, well, we're going to be in the playoffs next year. Uh, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> Where's yeah. that? Been? It wasn't I mean, prompted. It, no, it wasn't prompted. He came out of nowhere and said that, and, and Schlenk is like, okay, all right, we're going all in. Let's go. I mean, it's just it was just a bad situation, and the Hawks just weren't putting results on the court. He had lost the locker room. I, I thought highly of the guy, but I'm also in the media, and the media thought highly of the guy uh, because he seems like a good dude, but we're also not in that locker room. And, I mean, you saw some of that toxicity. Toxicity, weird way to say that, but he um, – it's a weird word to say. But you saw that with John Collins and Trey Young when all that stuff bubbled over. I mean, where's Lloyd Pierce? He has to control that, and he just lost the locker room. So, I mean, it was, it was inevitable. It was inevitable, and it, it's just kind of crazy that this was just stewing for this long, that we just – this was not really on our radar because it just – this was not something we were thinking about last year, right? Like that this relationship was just this bad, and um, Trey and Lloyd – we're not on the same page and i'm just curious like what trey wanted because his usage rate is in the 30s his the the entire offense and the entire atlanta hawks culture is built around trey young so i'm just trying to figure out like what lloyd pierce was doing that uh did not benefit trey young like what he was an all-star last year like it what about trey young and lloyd pierce's relationship like made the two sour on each other i just i don't really understand it because like i have my issues with trey and i i didn't like the look after lloyd pierce got fired i also think it's just <laughs> you and i have talked about this garrett of just like his dad always commenting on this and just scrolling through twitter like are we sure 
Ray yeah. Young is not going to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Hawks because I think that would actually make uh, Trey Young very happy. Like that, we can't roll it out. Like it's he's like the low key Lonzo balls that, or Levar Ball. Like he is someone <laughs> on Twitter who hypes his son up and everything. Like it, it's weird. Um, but I don't know. I just I think it's kind of odd because Trey benefited from Lloyd Pierce being his head coach and he was able to play like James Harden for three years because Lloyd allowed cool. him to do that. Well, I mean, and I think it's 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 more just off the court stuff. I mean, you can yeah. just get along with somebody, and he still puts. He, I, I mean, I think it was just off the court stuff. But when mm. <clears throat> when he lost Trey Young, that was he lost Trey Young a while back, apparently. Um, but it really boiled over when he started losing the players behind Trey Young. Yeah, Cam Reddish. I mean, there's yeah. something in the Kirshner article. I mean, that basically players said you're ruining this guy's potential. There are a lot of people in that locker room who believe that Cam Reddish is the most talented player in there with the highest ceiling. And, well, where's that been? Well, they say, well, Lloyd Pierce stunted the development of Cam Reddish. And that happened in the practice on the practice court. He would belittle him, apparently. Um, and it, I don't know how you can win the support of players if they look at you the way you pick on a, another player, a young player, and you're just I – don't, I don't know how you're, how you're going to gain support from, from your players. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts on Lloyd Pierce, Kelsey? No, other than just I wish him the best. And, you know, I think you just have to put aside feelings of what might have happened with the players and, you know, see what he did for the city and appreciate all that he did for the city as as far as, you know, other issues go and just hope he, he can land somewhere where he can succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, I completely agree with that. Completely agree. Garrett, what do you expect from the Hawks post All Star break? What are your what are your po- second half of the season expectations? Well, if I'm not mistake, mistaken, I think they're what two and a half games, two games out of the the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. So they're right in the thick of things. But the schedule gets very difficult. The schedule gets very difficult. They have a six game swing uh, where they're all West Coast games. You have a game day off, game day off, and they're playing some good basketball teams. They're playing the Lakers. They're playing the Nuggets. Uh, they're playing the, the Clippers. The, the Warriors are playing good basketball right now. So they've got the work cut out for them. And I think they need to go 500 on that stretch. And if they do, I think Nate McMillan will have won this locker room. And I, they, they've come into it hot. They've won their last two games before the All-Star break. Um, in fact, they came back from a 16-point deficit with five minutes to go in the game. And so I think the Hawks are on the right, pay, are on the right course. Um, it's going to be difficult because the Eastern Conference is a good conference, despite what some people believe about how they were five years ago. This is a good conference. There are a lot of good basketball teams, and they're going to need to win some games because they, they, they're behind the eight ball. And, but I, I'm, I, my, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. I think Nate McMillan will put this team in, t- in position to succeed, and I'll believe that until proven otherwise. But I, I think they're, they're on the right course. And they're getting healthy, and I think hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed, a lot of this will determine like how how much does Bogey play in the second half of this? Does Gallinari start to play better and get his legs back? Does Capella stay healthy? Does Collins is what well, like just what that looks like in the second half um, as we get closer and closer to the Hawks playing hardball with him this summer? Um, they just need to get healthy. Uh, I've written off Chris Dunn like just taking. Um, Ray John Rondo out of the rotation just scrap him like I, I I can't do it anymore I need it out of my life I need like if we make the playoffs bring him back playoff Rondo that's fine but uh, he needs to be out of my life um in this rotation I can't I can't do it anymore <laughs> um he sucks 
and uh yeah that that is my analytical take on rajon rondo and the hawks rotation is that uh <laughs> let me check my notes here this guy sucks um kelsey what are you uh what are you what are you expecting out of the hawks in the second half sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Yeah, I think, you know, not only do I expect them to win, but now I think there's an extra layer of pressure that's added on now that Lloyd has been fired. Um, Now it's up to the team to produce differently. Um, it's up to, you know, unfortunately it's, it's not fair, I think, to put all this pressure on, you know, a coach that steps into this place, but you know, it kind of is because if the Hawks look the same, then these problems only continue to go up, you know, what's happening, who is this, what leadership do we need? Is it the players, you know, this, that, and the other. So I think there's besides just winning games, it's just, it's a lot of pressure to produce individually as well. Um, but I am very optimistic about it. I think the Hawks, should make the playoffs and can make the playoffs. Um, you know, they just have to get in there and work for it now. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think my overwhelming feeling is very optimistic for the Hawks. Very optimistic. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, I We'll see. I'm in wait and see mode. But I also am curious, <laughs> like, if they don't make the playoffs, like, what is Travis Schlink's job security? Because Lloyd Pierce right. is the first domino. Um, this is his roster. He spent a bunch and it didn't work out um and you know i i I just i'm curious what his job security is because everything is tied Mm -hmm. to the tray and camerash development and um the mavs are gonna be back in the playoffs and luca's playing out of his mind and that's just something that uh is never never gonna go away that is always gonna be a Mm -hmm. part of this so we shall see um on to the braves christian pache he is going to get every opportunity to win this center field job. I am curious to see if the Braves really just are penciling him in as an everyday player at this point um, with Marcelo Zuna and uh, Ronald Cunha in the outfield. Obviously, this is what we all want. We want this to work, and we want this outfield to be an awesome outfield, like the Upton here, Upton there era. Like That's uh, what we want to get back um, with everybody and Hayward and all that, but... Um, what uh, what do we make of Christian Pache, Pache so far and whether or not it's a wise decision to not bring in uh, outside help and uh, just to roll with Ender and Ciarte as the utility guy in the outfield? Or, um, Garrett, uh, how much do you want Nick Markakis back? Like, maybe we just put Nick Markakis back in center because you can't, you can't waste that kind of veteran leadership. He's like, the it, hidden gym, man. He's mm-hmm. the hidden gym. Right. <laughs> I love Nick Markakis, but no, I mean... I, I, I think the Braves have brought in a couple other people, but, I mean, Christian Pache, he's got to be the guy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. said all the right things and, and said, well, I mean, he's going to have every opportunity to compete for the job, as will Inder and Ciarte. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, Christian Pache, I think, is just as good uh, of an outfielder, if not better than Inder and Ciarte, a guy who's won uh, a half dozen gold gloves. I mean, yeah. Christian Pache can come up, and I think he can compete for a gold glove this year if he can, if he's the everyday guy. That's how good he is in the field. Um, but I think really what sets him apart, just Ender and Ciarte, just, just those two, is the fact that he has a good bat, too. And he's mm-hmm. not going to come up and bat 200. Of course, he's going to come in and have some rookie struggles. But Ender and Ciarte is there. He's going to come in if he needs to. And 
I mean, he's a veteran leadership. He's he got that. And then, I mean, I think the Braves are in a good situation at center field. You're going to have some growing pains. That's to be expected. Um, and, I mean, I, I love Christian Pache. I think he's, he's everyone's compared him to Andrew Jones. And I think yeah, which scares me a little bit. I've seen, I don't like it. I don't no, like why? when they do this before it happens. <laughs> why? It scares well, me. That's Austin just... Riley to Chipper Jones, and everyone everyone loves to make comparisons. But I mean, Christian Pache. Were people is a saying great Austin Riley had right. Chipper Jones in him? Like what? Was that a I thing? I heard that. I heard <laughs> that. I heard that. I wrote an article on him like two years ago, and I think that's what a that's what I read a couple places. It's more a Twitter opinion. I Are think, you saying this is straw man? Did you make this up? Opinion? Is that what you thought I coming up? Have. Be honest, Garrett. Did you watch it? Were you going down to Cool Ray Field watching Austin Riley hit dingers, and you're like, "Oh, clearly the next Chipper Jones is on the is just on his way to Atlanta." Well, in my defense, he is the best third base prospect the Atlanta Braves have ever had because Chipper Jones was a shortstop. Haha. Oh, okay, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, Christian Pache is a great player. I think he's he's going to do great things for this team. Um, and you got Drew Waters right there behind him too. So I mean, you won't quit the be, Drew Waters thing. Like that dude is I a utility outfielder. Man. He's gone. Like what are you? I am all aboard. <laughs> I am all aboard. Where is he playing? <laughs> He's good. Next year, when the designated hitter inevitably oh, makes its its stay That's Austin in the Riley. League, uh, I don't know. He's going to play some. He's going to play some third base, man. Austin Riley's going to be bat ninth and hit like thirty home runs and bat one eighty for the rest of my life. That those are those are things that I just I know. Um, I'm just concerned when Freeman's like, he's a special player, like with Pache in regards to Pache, like that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I don't want to get cautious. Like, I don't want to get too excited because he's another young guy. And it's just so hard to hit on this many young guys, to hit on Acuna, to hit on, um, the Riley's hit on the Ian Anderson's to hit on the Mike Sorokas, to hit on the Max Freed's, to hit on the Freddie Freeman's, to hit on Ozzie Albies. Like that's a lot of people to hit on. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just not how baseball works and not how sports works. Like the majority but of these they, guys will not also, work. And I'm just curious. They've also to see, missed on mm, a couple. Yeah. I mean, they've missed on a couple. They, those are home runs that you're talking about. But you also have like the Kyle Wrights who are still kind of stumbling mm-hmm. through. Bryce and Wilson. Who could still pan out. I mean, Bryce Wilson, I'm, I'm, a, a, bit, I'm a Bryce Wilson fan. I, I think he still has something to offer. I mean, I, I saw his outing yesterday. Fantastic. He was awesome. Um, I mean, you have Tuki Toussaint. I mean, like these other guys are, they're fine extended relievers, but I mean, but Ron Agunia, Ozzy Albies, these other guys are just incredible. Yeah. Fantastic young players. And I think Christian Pache is just the next in line. Yeah. Kelsey, when you saw Brian Snicker got a three-year extension, did you wonder to yourself, why are we giving more years to the guy who was batting Ender and Ciarte leadoff for an extended stretch <laughs> in our 21st century? Um, no, I did not. I did not question that. Okay. I think, or I did not question the extension. I think, you know, he has some in-game decision, decision questionable. Hold on. Let me back up. Does this get edited? Um, some in-game <laughs> decision-making that's questionable. Um, but I mean, who doesn't honestly in baseball? So when I saw that, you know, I think well-deserved, you know, he, he was kind of the same situation with Lloyd Pierce coming in, except he actually got the Cinderella story won the NL East the last three years, one game away from a World Series last year. And it seems like the clubhouse actually loves him. So um, I'm I'm in on Snicker. I think it was well-deserved extension. Okay, okay. Garrett, are you at all concerned? No, no. All yeah. Managers all don't really ma- no, move Freddie the needle. Freeman. I just don't really care. Like, yeah. it's fine. Freddie yeah. Gonzalez was significantly worse, by the way. Like, Snicker is an upgrade from Freddie Gonzalez, which at the very least I think yeah. is a oh. 
Oh yeah, and he's a Braves lifer. He's been in the, he's been in this organization for yeah, what forty five years. <laughs> I mean, he's awesome. The fans love him. The players love him. He's winning on the field. I mean, I don't understand how anybody could think anything different. I mean, he's going to make mistakes. Of course, he does. Well, here's um, the thing: we got to get rid get of. Better. Where are y'all at on managers still wearing uniforms? Because I. <laughs> I am adamantly opposed to this, and I think it's the yeah, door- baseball, man. <laughs> no, it's baseball. It's, it's baseball. ridiculous. No, that's the only one. That's it is ridiculous. Seeing no, these seventy-year-old men, like with gigantic beer bellies, trotting out in these uniforms, it's disgusting. I hate it so much. Oh, it drives me. It's it drives me insane. Sport. This is the only sport where you can get away with it, and I love it. It should stay that way. <laughs> if somebody doesn't want to wear it, they'll whatever. They'll be. They'll be. <laughs> they will be taken out. They would. No, they will be destroyed on Twitter. If they Once I win it. my coup, I mean, come as on. the uh, elite sports star of the United States of America, like that's executive <laughs> order number one: is managers wearing uniforms <laughs> oh, is gone. Like day one, Ugh. Snicker in the uniform drives me nuts every game. Like I actually dropped that in my notes. I'm like, <laughs> what is this dude doing? Why is he waddling out in this uniform? You are not an athlete anymore, sir. This is ridiculous. Put on a suit. Get out of here. Um. Can you imagine wearing a suit to a ballpark? Executives do it all the time. (laughs) Not a ballpark. Yeah, they're in the box, not in the dugout. Well, wear something else. Wear some khakis. Get some J. Crew factory khakis. Get get a polo. Get some Under Armour polos and just uh, make it work. Well, that's the ambiance when you kick dirt on the plate to yell at the umpire. That's what it does. Why are we doing that still? (laughs) You're a grown man. Why are you kicking dirt on other grown men? What are you doing? Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's baseball, baby. It's baseball. Okay. Um, Mark, uh, Marcus Trufant. I'm I'm never going to get this right. I'm always going to call Desmond Trufant. Like, even when he was in Atlanta, I would just say Marcus Trufant, uh, Seattle Seahawks legend Marcus Trufant. Um, Desmond Trufant, um, getting released. He's being informed when the league year turns over on March 17th, the NFL will be released. Um, by the Detroit Lions, he left the Falcons after an injury-riddled uh, 2019 season for the Falcons. He was... Really solid pick and a really good player um, for a depleted secondary for the majority of his time in Atlanta. I liked him a lot. I thought he got kind of an unfair shake. Um, he could be an option to come back and just add more depth because we really don't know what's going to happen with Bleedy Ray Wilson or um, the rest of, of course, Darquez Denard is still up in the air. We'll see um, what who they bring back and what they elect to do around A.J. Terrell and Isaiah Oliver. Um, Ricardo Allen obviously been cut. Um, Keanu Neal, we're not really sure if DMP sees him as a fit on his defense. Um, Kelsey, the Falcons aficionado, do you do you want to see Trufant back in Atlanta? I would take Trufant back solely from a depth perspective. Um, you know, he's been injured. Um, famous brick cans the last few seasons, <laughs> yes. but I think he'd I think he'd be a good veteran presence um, behind what is a younger secondary right now. So. I'd take him back if, if it was a very friendly situation, considering, you know, the cap situation happening right now. If he if he could come back kind of in a support role, um, then I'm I'm totally good with it. Garrett, what about you? I'm the same thing. Same thing. I mean he's he's not gonna come in and, and be uh cornerback one. I mean, so I mean we've got AJ Terrell, I mean, but it's gonna be a young secondary. It's gonna be very young and and the veteran uh Ricardo Allen just got let go so who is going to be the leader in the secondary he could come in and be that guy he was that guy for a couple of years here at atlanta but it all comes down to the contract i mean if if, if he's going to come in on a team friendly deal then maybe 
I, I mean, I'd consider it for sure, just as a depth piece, like Kelsey said. But it also comes down to him thinking, okay, can I go be a cornerback too, or like a guy who can be that guy for a secondary? So I don't know if he's willing to take that money because uh, I'm not really willing to go any higher than like say three million dollars on a one-year deal, maybe. Like I, I don't, I just don't think the Falcons, the Falcons can afford much more than that. Yeah, I also just really liked what I saw from Denard last year. Like I, I just I can't really quit Darquez and Arden. I actually like him more, and he has injury concerns as well. But I think um, I would still lean on uh, bringing him back and having him as the veteran depth piece. Um, Pro Football Focus, very good professional football website that you should go check out if you do not already. Um, they have a mock draft that came out this past week, and <clears throat> they have the Falcons taking Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. <laughs> So this was something I was bashing all during the draft season last last year. I don't know if this was early pandemic chase where I was just uh, I was I was losing it, but I was losing my mind over why the Falcons should not take CD Lamb over anybody else. Just I was so out on everything. I was like Dirk Cutter's offense. Like if you're gonna let Matt Ryan die behind this offensive line, you're gonna have him just go back <laughs> to pass over and over again. You know what? Just live and die with eleven personnel, CD Lamb, Julio, and Calvin Ridley. I will die by the number one offensive passing DVOA. I'll do it. It's fine with me. Let let him die in, in a blaze of glory. And then we took AJ Terrell, and I was like, guess what? Our defense is still going to suck, and this is not going <laughs> to do anything. And then AJ Terrell dropped an easy interception that we would have maybe beat the Chiefs. Like, that, that was awful. So that was the highlight of the AJ Terrell experience this year. Um, really still just bothers me. But, um, yeah, it turns out AJ Terrell, as a rookie cornerback, did not save uh, Dirk Cutter and Dan Quinn's job. What might have saved their jobs is if they had just drafted CeeDee Lamb, who was an <laughs> awesome wide receiver for the Cowboys because the Cowboys were like, hey, if Dak's healthy and we have CeeDee Lamb and we have Michael Gallup and we have Amari Cooper, who is defending this? How are you stopping this? Ezekiel Elliott out wide if he's catching passes? Like, what, what are we doing here? Let's not overthink this. And the Falcons are like, no, let's just go with the corner and reach on a corner. Um I'm all in on Good this. Corner. Let's do it. If we're not taking a quarterback, Jamar Chase is awesome. Watched a lot of LSU. Like, he took the year off. He's fresh. Like, let's do it. Calvin Ridley, Julio, Jamar Chase. Let's let's ride. I'm here for it. I'm here for the three wide receivers that you can't cover situation. I'm all in. Garrett and Kelsey are not no. in at all, I can tell. I no. my, my notes, it says Jamar Chase. No. That's all it says. <laughs> <laughs> it is a no-go for me. I There's just... There's as a as a it's just I'm from the fan perspective suffering fan I do not want a wide receiver taken that early it's not needed we can deal with what we have we we've got bigger issues so I am out on Jamar Chase yikes Garrett support me ironically enough we actually just had Chris Blair from the LSU radio network uh, he just came on ninety two nine I think yesterday last night and said that if Jamar Chase is there, the Falcons would be remiss not to take him. Mm. I vehemently disagree. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we have so many other issues. We have so yes. many other holes. And, and look, and if you're at four and, and you wanted a wide receiver, trade back. There are so many more receivers that are available. Jamar Chase is a winner. He's, he expects excellence is what, is what uh, Chris Player said. But so did these other three. One, one of which won a Heisman Trophy last year. I mean, mm-hmm, we have plenty mm-hmm. of guys who are very, very talented wide receivers. Garrett. But we also have quarterbacks who you can take. 
Mm-hmm. You have offensive linemen who you can take. Mm-hmm. You have Micah Parson, like a guy on defense. You can, if we I take mean, a linebacker in the top five, I will throw uh, my Micah TV Parson. out the window. <laughs> Micah Parson is – I will go to my grave saying that Micah Parson is the – he is the perfect fit for a Dean Pease defense. Now, is that the reason you take him? Do we take him? No, probably not. Um but no, I mean, I'm, I'm all out on Jamar Chase. I'm all out Yikes. on the wide receiver in the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great player. He's going to make a team very, very happy. He's going to be an impact player. And if you want to go best player available, then I guess you'd consider it. And you're foolish not to at least consider it. But I mean, I, me, I guess I'm foolish. I'm not considering it. Sorry. Right. <laughs> I have a question <laughs> for you. Who should have won Offensive Rookie of the Year as a whole? Who had the best rookie campaign of anybody not named Justin Herbert? Ooh, Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Who? Good player. (laughs) Not even Jamar Chase good. Like, he was not even, like, he was the other guy. Like, with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase was the superstar. Justin Jefferson was like, eh, we'll see. I'm not going to question his talent. I'm not questioning his talent. He's very good. He contributed right away. Oh, no, he's going to be immediately good. I mean, he's going to be a very good player. Um, But I can ask you the same question. Would you take Kyle Pitts at four? Oh, yeah. Uh, see, I wouldn't take either of these. I would trade back a little bit. So I would trade um, to number eight if the Panthers want to move back because I think Jamar Chase or yeah. Kyle Pitts will be there. So that's what I would do. If you take well, either Colin of these guys, Coward. you have to trade back. Colin Coward mm-hmm. actually just went on record yesterday saying that he would take Kyle, he would take Kyle Pitts at two if he were the two. I mean, he's a matchup. Yeah. I'd be Ooh. okay with Kyle Pitts at eight. Like I, he's, he could, he's Kelsey. He's the, he's yeah. the reincarnation of Kelsey. I mean, the guy is a giant mismatch. Yeah. He's a monster. He's a wide receiver at 6'8". Well, what has Travis pounds? Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes done in Kansas City, really? Like, can you really do oh, that? And what has George Kittle done at San Francisco? If you're going to take a <laughs> tight end like that, uh, what have they, they have to show more than what those two have shown as mismatches on the edge. Um, no, I just, uh, I'm glad that we're all in agreement on LSU and Alabama players coming together to form a, a, just a dominant trio. In Atlanta, I'm glad we're we're all in on this. I think that's what it is, Kelsey. Is that dogs, just man. you? Just that's don't want to. You want the Alabama receivers. You don't want LSU receivers coming into the room. <laughs> is it I Russell mean, Gage? Just, Wait, hold on. Is it Russell Gage? LSU? Did LSU. Yeah, he's LSU. Yeah, he's LSU. It's See? all Alabama LSU. It's all working. Uh, this is the prophecy. <laughs> this is the prophecy. Jamar Chase, Russell Gage, sneaky underrated Russell Gage, mind you. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. I, I just, uh, how? Who says no? I, I don't. Uh, thankfully, I say on, no. Yeah. <laughs> I say no. <laughs> You're overruled, sir. <laughs> Mistakes were made on this podcast, but um, this is where we have to end, guys. But this has been great, Kelsey. Thank you so much uh, for yeah. ste- stepping in here. We greatly appreciate yeah. it. Uh, what can the good folks check out from uh, you this week on Twitter.com or anything else you'd like to plug? Man, my Twitter, if it's, it's full of sports humor, that's about it, which, mm-hmm. again, correlates to a lot of pain. So, at Kelsey Tay Sutton, if you'd like to check me out there. All right. Garrett, what about you, my man? At GChapATL on Twitter. It's a, I'm a, like Kelsey, I'm a broken, scarred Atlanta, mm. Falcon, Atlanta sports <laughs> fan, just in general. No lead can ever fix. <laughs> no lead can ever fix it. At Amen. GChapATL on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but things are looking up. We got a like tax evader as our new Atlanta United coach, so I'm I'm all in on Atlanta sports right now. I'm getting excited. <laughs> yeah. Bring us some championships. That's all I care about. Yes. Bring us some Please. championships Please. and like uh get that bonus and move it over to the Caymans. I'm all about it. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Thanks,
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.